Welcome to another fun-filled Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with Mr. Kim McGee, which is she. I'm Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me, Kim McGee, on the Twitter and at Kim's Greg in the IG. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can catch up on our other live shows that we have airing throughout the week. So if you have a to miss them, you can go back and listen and watch them at your own leisure. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app. Speaking of Sports on Chicago, please follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please find Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. You want to subscribe to our podcast? We know that many of you have. For those of you that have been left out in the cold, Get back inside and subscribe to us. We are available at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And while you're at it, please give War Media a follow on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at W-A-R-R Media. Once again, that's at War Media, W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. You have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza we call a Sports Talk Radio Show, you can always hit us up in the comments section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something silly or stupid, I've given Lakina full power to give you fools to be a land beer boot. Toodles. <laughs> But before we begin, we must remind you that you can also catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. That's right. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and give with the program. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just type, just tap on that sports folder and download that Sports on Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku TV, just uh, hit up the uh, Google Play Store. If you're on your laptop, your personal PC, your Chromebook, you have some handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, just go to that Google Play Store, download that Roku TV app, and access Sports on Chicago through that avenue. So once again, no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and 365 days a year, live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere. And you know we will provide... Carry on, as you would say. (laughs) Yeah, that's a carry on. Uh, We have a big, busy, busy show ahead here on Second City Sports. Over the course, we're going to talk some uh, NBA, some big decisions the Bulls will have to make, and also other teams as well coming up this week. You also have uh, some NFL news. I know they're a little bit of on on a break before training camp, but you know, and of course, we have old school TV Monday. Today is Monday, but. Let's get right to us and talk some baseball. A mixed bag for our Chicago teams. The Cubs, you know, London calling. Um, they split their series with the Cardinals in London. Um, a, a tough loss on Sunday. Of course, you know, Strowman was taken out. You know, he had a 5-0, 4 lead, I should say, but he, he was taken out. Then he had a blister. And then you had, uh, you know, an error by Mancini that helped kind of, you know, start the rally by the Cardinals. But they did with their series in, in, in London, and it look, I, I can't tell the ballpark. I mean, the ballpark doesn't. I don't know. I'm not sure if that ballpark is a, a hitter's ballpark or more of a pitcher mm-hmm. ballpark. I guess it depends on you know how you look at it. But not a bad showing. You know, you thought we expected them to, to split their uh, series, and 
It'll be interesting to see, especially now that the Reds have lost two in a row. We'll get to that after the break. But mm-hmm. so what do you think about the other uh, Cubs and how they looked in, over in London? Uh, I, this is kind of what I expected to, to win one and lose one in London. Uh, they definitely had that opportunities in yesterday's game, as you mentioned before, uh, that big costly error by Trayman City, who played first base for the Cubs yesterday. And, of course, uh, the 4-0 lead that, that – that Stroman was given was eventually gone. But I was impressed by the Cubs' offense. As we said, Lakina, if this offense can score between four or six runs a game, that gives that starting pitching a great chance to win games. And that's what you saw what happened on Saturday's game. Justin Steele had eight strikeouts to start a left-hander. I think he would be your other all-star representative if it wasn't for his injury early in the season. But that young man pitched his you-know-what off and to hold down the Cardinals at bay. Also, with that Cubs offense, say Suzuki's batting started to come alive. Ian Happ, who had two home runs on Saturday. Dasmi Swanson, who had a home run on Saturday. He had another RBI yesterday. And also, to Nico Horner, the leadoff guy, he's starting to pick it up right now. So, you you were encouraged about what you saw from the Cubs. Yes, yesterday's loss stinks, but the offense, as we said for the last few weeks, is starting to come around. You just hope that that starting pitching will, will stay healthy, as you mentioned. Hopefully, Marcus Stroman will make his next start after that blister injury yesterday. But the only one of the main things that I'm concerned about now, Lakina, besides Trey Main City uh, being a filling at first base, is that bullpen. Now, the bullpen yesterday, they just had to do mop up duty because of the, the game got out of hand. But I'm encouraged by their offense. I'm encouraging by their starting pitching. Kyle Hendricks looks like he's starting, to, uh, even though he didn't, didn't pitch this series, he's starting to come around. Justin Steele made a, a statement on Saturday. Marcus Stormy was good. For the first couple of innings. So as we said before, the Cubs are are carried by the starting pitching in defense, but it looks like the offense is starting to come around. And that's what you like to see. Yeah, especially as we're getting a little bit close to the all-star break. You want to have everybody kind of like in sync. So that's probably what you, that's, that's what you want, especially if you're you're the Cubs. Mm-hmm. And they do have a tough series starting tomorrow against the Phillies. I know they had a, t- a rough weekend. So but then again, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, look, I think if, you know, Steele had a really great start, like you said, and he was actually able to, you know, kind of, you know, sort of had the bats, you know, really cold for the Cardinals. So that that helped their loss. I mean, their cause a little bit. And also, too, like you said, I mean, Shroma did have a solid outing. But, yeah, that blister started developing. Hopefully it's not too serious. And he may have to maybe mm-hmm. at the most miss one start if he has to miss a start. But it's going to be interesting, you know, as the, the trucks go by at that sixth place. Uh, <laughs> but, uh <laughs> But you know, look, live told, live folks are doing this live. But yeah, I mean, look, if you got if you got me feeling pretty good where you're at, if you're the Cubs right now, especially you're only three back of the Reds, mm-hmm. and you know, everyone started to kind of get it going there. I mean, you, you've had uh, Horner had a I saw had a couple of good uh, uh good hits. You know, Chris Morrell has some solid hits as, as well. Ian Happ was really good in that Saturday uh, game, and it was actually okay mm-hmm. in the, uh, the, and t- yesterday's game too. So yeah, so like, everything's starting to kind of mesh for the Cubs. Hopefully, they can keep it up and. Hopefully we'll be, you know, the Cubs will be actually at least near, even closer, or perhaps maybe even, maybe not lead the NL Central, but probably at least be close to it by the time, uh, you know, before the All-Star break. Yeah, all the Cubs have to do is play 500 balls slightly above 500. They should be near the top of the division by the All-Star break, as you mentioned. Like you said, they they return home to a, a three tough game series against the Philadelphia Phillies before they had to play the Cleveland, I believe the Cleveland Guardians this weekend, if I'm not mistaken, for three uh, for three okay. at the Freeling um, confines. Am I correct on that? Hold on, let me check real quick. Do, 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 do. This is live, folks. But yeah, as as I'm, <laughs> I'm looking through their schedule, but yeah, I mean they do have a tough schedule this week. So 
I'm like it's like I said. I mean, this is sort of like the time where you want to try to get those wins. You know, look, it's what your series against the Cardinals. We were nice, you swept them, but you know, look, it is what it is with that. They do you know, have Philly and they, and they do have uh, Cleveland. So Cleveland that was correct. This weekend, okay. yeah. So you know, and then after that, they play Milwaukee at you know in Milwaukee for four. Then they have three at Yankee Stadium before the All Star break. So you want to try to get some of these wins as much as you can. At least split some of these series. At least not get swept. So this way you can kind of like keep pace in that NL Central. Yeah, because we talk, we'll talk about this division next and probably more after the break. But uh, you talk about the AL Central being a, a, a crap show, a comedy show. Uh, the NL Central is not too far behind either. As we said, we'll get to what happened with the rest of the division uh, on the other side of this break. But the Cubs are right there uh, I, from top to bottom, probably next to the Cincinnati Reds. They're, they're the most experienced and talented team on paper. They can just put it all together. I think they'll be okay. As we said, just play 500, slightly above 500 baseball, and you will be there. And you will hope that GM Carter Hawkins and President of Baseball Ops Jed Hoyer will make some moves, especially for that bullpen at the trade deadline. Perhaps get another a veteran arm or two from that bullpen because they do have a lot of options, especially from a neighboring team in town. But I'm sure we'll discuss that as this hour goes along. But you can get some veteran bullpen help and perhaps get a third baseman. We'll see what happens. You still have uh, less than five weeks to go before the trade deadline on August 2nd. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Should be interesting there. As this is like I see sports on Sports of Chicago. Talk us to local baseball here, the Kingdom McGee, Sydney Brown. Um, let's talk uh, your White Sox. They had a solid uh, showing. They, you know, they beat uh, the Red Sox two out of three. And you saw Luis Robert Jr. making a making a case for another. He's making a case for perhaps maybe getting a chance to go to uh, Seattle for the All Star uh, game in a little in a few weeks. Um, had a couple of big home runs, especially in the Saturday and Sunday game that kind of helped you know, both that that game open. Then he had two home runs yesterday to kind of uh, power uh, the uh, the White Sox past the the Red Sox and. You know, solid showing, you know, pitching-wise. I mean, you went two out of three. Yay. With, like, which, oddly enough, the Red Sox are actually, if you go by, like, you know, they're the, quote-unquote, the worst team in the AL East. So, I, I guess you can kind of take solace in that. But, I mean, look, you show a little bit of flashes. You know, look, like I said, Robert Jr., I think he's, like, 45. I mean, not, not 45 home runs, but I guess he's got about 45 RBIs this year or something like that. So I think for me, I think look, okay, you you beat the okay, you beat the Red Sox. That's nice. You're still six back in the in the, uh an AL Central. So I don't know what else, but yeah, I guess you could kind of take you have a tough West Coast trip. Well, okay, I'll say the Angels. You know, starting tonight, you gotta go all the way across country. You know, mm-hmm. the Angels. Then you have to you know, with Otani. I know they're not gonna be in a good move. We'll get to them in a second. But what do you think about your White Sox this week, Sid? As we said all year long, you saw in this series this past weekend against Boston, they're led by their starting pitching. Lucas Giolito, he had a great performance on Friday with 10 strikeouts, but that that damn offense has been inconsistent all year, and it wreaked his ugly head once again on Friday. But Saturday's game and yesterday's game, it, uh, it came through when it needed the most. So of course, four solo home runs on Saturday for the White Sox. Just get some men on base. You would have won the game earlier, but I digress. But Elvis Andrews uh, came through on Saturday with that game-winning hit. Uh, to, to get the monkey out there back for the White Sox. Kendall Graveman, I uh, know he's going to have some trade value if the White Sox keep losing. But as we said before, Lakin, he's not your permanent closer uh, for the future. And this is what happens when you have your best reliever on the shelf in Liam Hendricks. It looks like he may, I repeat, may be back after the All-Star break. So we'll see what happens with that. In regards to yesterday's game, it was a bullpen day for the White Sox. Uh, Jesse Shelton did a great job. Tanner Banks, who – 
came in and, and start. He actually started the first three innings. He did an excellent job yesterday. Got a, out of a couple of jams, and of course, the White Sox offensively did just enough to beat the Red Sox. And as I said on Twitter yesterday, those two home runs by Luis Jr. That doesn't put him in All Star game. I don't know what does. Yeah, definitely making a case there. Um, but like I said, I mean, look, you, you look, you did a decent job. I mean, look, your your you know, look, your starting pitch was actually pretty solid. You know, your bats, you mm-hmm. know, actually showed up. Which okay, yay, that that's great. And look, and it's one of those days where the uh, you know Ben Attendee actually had a solid uh, showing. Elvis Andrews, who um, had that uh, had that go ahead had that uh, go ahead run on Saturday. I mean, okay, yeah, that's nice. Okay. Great. I mean, look, like I said, I mean, look, I'm not, I mean, you, 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 okay. You won a series, the first series that you won like two weeks. Okay. So, you know, it's just hard for me to kind of, you know, get into like, are the socks back, you know, mentality, but I, I digress there too. But, but, you know, but look, I mean, look, you, you take the series if you're the white socks, got to take a word series at a time. I know some people even said that Robert Jr. could probably be traded, you know, especially if he keeps it up. So who knows, look, who knows how this team's going, especially with uh TA on the IL still. So, I honestly don't know what else to say about this win for the Sox. I mean, look, you want a series, you know, that's nice, but I'm not going to like be overly, you know, yay, yay, jumping for joy about it. Sorry, I'm not. <laughs> I get the pessimism because, as we said all year, this team is consistently inconsistent, and we'll see what happens with this West Coast road trip coming up. Uh, speaking of Tim Anderson, I, I know they're not going to put him on an IL because they've been playing him at second base, and, and that error that he had on Saturday, which led to the tying run for Boston, looked bad, but – and that's what happens when you haven't played a position uh, um, consistently like he like he's been doing that shortstop for years. And so uh, there you go with uh, with Tim Anderson. We know he's not fully healed, but the White Sox will have to manage this carefully. We'll see what happens down the road. Andrew Benetton, as, as you mentioned, came through with a big RBI yesterday. He's your leadoff hitter until further notice. And I know he doesn't have the world's greatest speed. But he has enough to lead the team in stolen bases. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. So he's a professional. He has professional at bats, and he gets he gets on base. The Sox just gotta drive him in with some consistency. You saw that a little bit yesterday. Now with this road trip, they're they're starting tonight at Anaheim. You have four against the Angels, like you mentioned. Shohei Otani will go tomorrow against Michael Kopech. Now here's the thing, Lakina. Any and every scenario is possible, except for them going seven and zero. That's not going to happen. Let's let's be real here. They're not going 7-0 on this road trip. I think realistically, if you're a Sox fan, if you could just split these four games in Anaheim and sweep Oakland, that's a successful road trip. You would think two in Anaheim, three in Oakland, that's five out of seven. You, that's a good stretch, and you could perhaps get uh, creep a little bit closer to the Minnesota Twins in the AL Central. But watch, looking what here's what's going to happen. They'll beat Otani tomorrow. Maybe squeeze one game, one more game in the Angel Series, and then lose two out of three in Oakland. I don't want to put it out there, but <laughs> you won't be shot at that scenario, Abbott, would you? No, heck you no, especially the way this See? year. See? <laughs> Not a chance. Oh, no, look, if, look, if they beat Otani, I mean, and then, but then lose the other the other two, or at least, at least two, at least, you know, the next two out of the next three after that, then they actually end up losing two out of three, which has happened before, oddly enough. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's why that's why I said, I mean, this team can't be trusted. So, yeah, you had a couple, you, know, you had a nice one against the Red Sox. Okay, but, you know, you're going into kind of like a little bit of a trap, especially that Oakland series. I mean, yeah, the, yeah, the, the A's are not very good, but, Look, we, we've seen weird things happen to Sox play the uh, the A's for some reason. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see as that series coming up. So we're taking a really quick break. Of course, we're going to talk more baseball after this. Um, bats come alive and, you know, a whole lot of weirdness and 
a lot of runs and everything else in between. Lakeena McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago. More Diamond Talk coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Fun Field Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Kansas Girl again, the IG. 
And we have less than 85 minutes left or so in this extravaganza we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. So if you have any questions or comments for us, you can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. All right, Sid, let's talk the rest of MLB. So definitely a mixed bag among some of the teams. We'll start with, I guess, the, the best team to lead, the Rays. Of course, they uh, went three out of four against the, the, the Royals. That would have been a pretty uh, disappointment they did this with that series. But they continue mm-hmm. to you know, sort of you know, be that team that kind of, you know, a home run. I mean, so, you know, Jose Suri had, a, uh, oh, had, a, had another home run, and that's when they, um, you know, matchup and also to you know, a solid pitch performance, you know, Tyler Glasgow, um, mm-hmm. you know, that is very solid uh, showing there in that Sunday uh, game again. So, you know, looking at the, the, the Rays, I mean, they're, they're continue to show you why they are the best team in the league. Yeah. Don't forget about Wanda Franco and Yander Diaz and Randy Arozarena, the former leadoff hitter. He's batting third or fourth in, in the lineup for Tampa Bay. As we said before, for years on this show, uh, give um, manager Kevin Cash credit. Uh, they don't have a bunch of big boppers in the lineup, but they played the game right. They're finally mainly sound. They have great starting pitching. Their bullpen has actually come alive as well. Um, I know former White Sox reliever Jake Deepman is down there now. He's doing okay for them so far, but as you mentioned, Tyler Glass. Now remember, he had Tommy John surgery about a, almost two years ago. He's he's now starting to come back. Don't forget about the left-handed Shane McClellan, who's one of the best left-handed starting pitchers in baseball. So he has a roller right now. So Tampa Bay, uh, even though they kind of scuffled a little bit uh, last week, you know they split against Baltimore. As you mentioned, they um, win the series against Kansas City. Uh, this, this team is going to be regular with come playoff time. Yes, they're going to go through their struggle, struggle just like everybody, everybody else, but this is a fundamentally sound team. Uh, if you have to beat them, you have to beat them at their game. If you make a mistake against them, they're going to make you pay for it. Yes, they will, and uh, make sure you got to be careful about that. But probably the probably the series of the weekend, you know, was the Astros and the Dodgers. Uh, uh, last night's game was actually uh, pretty entertaining. Uh, Alex Bregman's uh, game winner in the eleventh, um, you know, you know, got that. You know, the Astros to win that series. This is by you know, shout out to Freddie Freeman. Got his two thousand uh, career hits. Uh, that actually tied that game. So, you know, congrats to him. But, of course, you know, Alex Brightman, uh, of course, brought the game up with the go-ahead RBI in the 11th. But, so, yeah, you know, the Astros win two out of three. Maybe a little bit. We may see – maybe we'll see this again in the World Series. We'll see. But what do you think about this series? It's actually pretty entertaining. Did you – speaking of entertainment, did you check out Saturday's game? Yes, and I did. And Doug, Doug, Doug Stanek, uh, the reliever yep. from, from the Houston Astros, uh, a bulk with the bases loaded, and yes. then he started yelling. Uh, he started yelling at the uh, second base umpire uh, after that whole <laughs> scenario was over. Of course, the Dodgers uh, took a seventy-six lead. They ended up winning that game. Of course, uh, you mentioned they failed to sweep yesterday, so the Dodgers ended up taking uh, the first two games before Houston won last night in extra innings. But Doug Stanek, uh, that was clearly a balk. And shout out to our guy Jordan Lasowski. I don't know if you saw his tweet. Uh, someone was trying to debate him that it wasn't a balk. Uh, Jordan Lasowski said, "Yeah, look." Look at Doug's right knee. It tells you all you need to know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they were able to avoid the sweep. They were talking about the Astros. That's actually their first. Uh, it's actually their first extra inning win in seven tries this year, which is you know, which is kind of mm-hmm. odd. But yeah, um, so it was pretty. It, that was a pretty interesting uh, you know game there as well on Saturday. Yeah, that that balk was. <laughs> yeah, that was a balk, folks. Sorry <laughs> for anybody that thought yeah. that you know, that wasn't. But yeah, that was that was a balk. You know, he, his knee flinched, so that wasn't. 
because you know was not very sunny, was not very happy with that call, and neither were the Astros. So, but yeah, Dusty looked like you wanted to throw everything in the dugout onto the field. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you know, Dusty's very mild mannered for the most part. Yeah, so, yeah, you, you, if he was pissed, you knew something was up. But yeah, but the good news is for the Astros, they did uh, avoid the sweep. Um, you know, spoiler, uh, of course, Freeman's getting his two thousand career hit, and it's actually he actually is. I'm talking about uh, uh, Freeman. He's actually the sixth active player with the, with at least two thousand career hits. So, you know, of course, uh, Mickey Cabrera is the active leader for the Tigers with three, with a little over 3,100 hits. So, you know, congrats to Freeman as he joins that pretty exclusive club there. So uh, let's see what else. Oh, uh, the Angels, speaking of the Angels, of course, who the White Sox will be playing starting tonight. They had a pretty uh, weird series against the Rockies, yeah. <laughs> if you will. Uh Let's see here. How do I want to? Uh, how do I want to recap uh, this? Now they did. They did lose seven to four in the opener at Coors. Then they actually uh, uh, win Saturday's game twenty five to one. I'm not. Nope. I'm not. That's not a typo. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> no I'm mercy not rule here. <laughs> what did they say? Sid? I'm sorry. I said no mercy rule there. <laughs> right, twenty five to one. This is actually despite Otani not having his best, uh, his best uh, hitting. Uh, so it was actually Mike Mike Trout, uh, Brandon Drury, and uh, Matt the Matt the Theus, uh, Matt Theus, You know, hit the hit back to back to back home runs on three straight pitches off the Rockies in that in the uh, game on Saturday against Chase Anderson. Um, you know, the last time a team you know, did that hit three home runs and three straight pitches was the Yankees on uh, on September 2020 versus the Blue Jays. So, and then, of course, like I said, Otani had the fewest hits. He only had one hit that that game. <laughs> but then, of course, you know, Coors, you know, at Coors, of course, you know, that, that actually makes sense. But, of course, the Rockies turned around and uh, ended up winning that series, you know, four to three. So, so that was just, like I said, that was a very strange series all around. So what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, you. I don't know how. What else I could add to that other than that? That like I said, Anaheim's bats came alive on Saturday. But I heard someone say this yesterday doing one of the telecasts that when you uh, score runs and bunches like that in a couple of games, or in this case with the Angels on Saturday in that in one game, it's hard for you to keep that momentum up. Uh, actually, the next few days, mm-hmm. I know the Angels barely scored three runs yesterday. You know they lost the series, the game in the series yesterday. But we'll see what happens if this has a long-lasting effect because, as we said, they they host the White Sox before games starting tonight. They're in the division race with Texas and Houston. So uh, the Angels, uh, they can't really uh, fall out too much. I know their starting pitches have been pretty decent this year. Yeah. Uh, their bullpen still has a little bit more work to do. But we all know that they're led by Shohei Otani and Mike Trout offensively. So uh, those other bats they got going on Saturday, they need to keep uh, going as well to help out Otani and Trout. Yeah, they go to franchise on that Saturday's game. They got the got a franchise or 13 runs in the third inning. So that basically just broke the game wide open. Everyone was making mm-hmm. fun of it, but it was just hilarious. But yeah, I wonder, I wonder if our, our buddies, uh, Christy Mack or KX, are being her fiance, Chris Gill. I wonder if they got like a friendly wager there for that uh, that series, that uh, Sox Angel series started tonight. <laughs> we got to ask them. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we got to ask. I'm sure, they got, I'm sure they got a nice little friendly wager there. We'll see. We'll ask them that in a couple of weeks. But uh, probably another series that actually you know, did. Actually, to turn some heads was the Braves Red Series, of course. Uh, the excuse me, um, yeah, that was a pretty interesting series too. Very uh, entertaining, another very entertaining series, I should say. Uh, Eleven to ten, of course. The uh, the Reds won that. It's sort of a kind of a slugfest there, and uh, but you know, the Braves actually come out to win seven to six. You know, both scores were seven to six in that Saturday and uh, yesterday's game, so they won the series. 
there. But yeah, so that helps the Cubs out a little bit. You know, I'm sure a lot of Cubs fans are, are happy or grateful for that. Matt Olson had the go-ahead homer that helped the Braves, you know, take that uh, the game and that series. So, so what did you think about that one? As you mentioned, it was a very entertaining series. The Cincinnati starting pitching uh, uh, took a, a beating over the weekend. Their bullpen, which has been very good over the last two or three weeks, uh, it got uh, touched up as well. Atlanta is one of those teams that they've been together for a few years. They, of course, they won the World Series a couple of years ago. They know what to do in tough situations with young teams like the Cincinnati Reds. They have to go through these types of experiences and know what to do in these situations. They play fun, entertaining baseball. Shout out to Ellie De La Cruz, Ella, Ella, eh, excuse me, but uh, you know, he's, he brings that energy, he brings that, that rookie brings that energy to the clubhouse. Of course, John, the Indian who's been there for the last few years, uh, he's solid. Of course, that veteran Jody Votto, who's has a hat, has had a heck of return of uh, this week from injury. Of course, he has th- three home runs. He had a, another one on a, in that series opener last Friday. So mm-hmm. that Cincinnati Reds team is fun to watch. Hopefully they they can get their starting pitching back on track because that's really been one of their early surprises from early in the, in the season. So uh, the Cincinnati Reds, I don't know if they, they're going to take the division. I think they're still a year away, but uh, I said this a couple weeks ago. I'll keep continuing to say this until further notice. They will get some teams problems. Yeah, You cannot count them as an easy win anymore. Yeah, uh, the you know the Braves you know snap that that twelve game uh, winning streak against the Reds. That's actually the longest uh, single season win streak that's snapped by a Braves team going all the way back to nineteen eighty six. That that first year that they moved to Atlanta, so it's been that long, oddly enough, you know, since they've actually had to break a big streak like that. So yeah, I mean, if you're the Braves, I mean, you gotta be feeling encouraged. And but at the same time, the Reds like you won twelve in a row, which is near right near a franchise record, and. Mm-hmm. Again, we'll see if they can. I don't think they'll win the division either. I mean, they still, you still got the Brewers right there. We'll talk about them in a second. They got the Cubs right there as well. Maybe the Pirates might still be a factor. Who knows? But again, we'll we'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting. But uh, yeah. So what else? Took, what else caught your eye this week? Yeah, it's, speaking of the Brewers, they take two out of three from Cleveland, Cleveland winning in extra innings yesterday to uh, to t- take that series. Speaking of the NL Central, so as we mentioned. That's going to be a competitive division. As I mentioned, Milwaukee is the lower tier, the National League lower tier version of the White Sox. You could barely get something out of them offensively, but historically, their starting rotation and their bullpen has been pretty good. So, and that's what you saw this weekend with clutch hits from the Brewers. Also, to st- sticking with the National League, what's up with the San Diego Padres? Their bullpen and their starting staff has imploded, and the Washington yes. Nationals were able to walk away with that series win, winning the last two games. Yeah, this is by a win that first game, thirteen to five. You thought that maybe, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, maybe they could. The you old know, Nationals could, you know, they could actually win two out of three against the Nationals, but you know, they did that didn't happen. So yeah, you wonder what's going on. Are we going through like the cycle again, where you thought that maybe the Padres would actually be right there? You know, give uh, the the Giants and the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers some problems, but no, they're back to kind of like where they were early in the season. So I just don't, I just don't know. I mean, that that. That, that, that's the, you know, the Pirates are a very tough team to figure out. So we'll see if they can kind of like get it going because this is actually the time to do it. So you got about, what, about six, seven weeks before the All-Star break? It, you know, the last thing you want is perhaps maybe you'll be near the bottom fighting for not only forget the division for a second, but what about the, a playoff spot in general? Yeah, and staying with that NL East, sorry, the NL West race, uh, pardon me. You mentioned the Arizona Diamondbacks. They avoided being swept by the San Francisco Giants. They won their the series finale on the road yesterday, five to two. Of course, the Giants take the first two games of that series, eight to five last Friday. Of course, seven to six last Saturday. Lakina, I'm not going to sit here and say that the San Francisco Giants 
are the the team that they were coming out of nowhere two years ago. But this team hit some uh, hit hit in the clutch. Of course, Jock Peterson, Lamont Wade Jr. Of course, uh, Brandon Crawford still hanging around for some reason mm-hmm. or another. But and also too, they get some uh, good uh, quality starts from their starting pitching, and their bullpen isn't too bad either, led by Will Rogers. So. Uh, San Francisco, I I think I, I trust them a little bit more. If you had to uh, have a hold a gun to my head between San Francisco and Cincinnati, who you trust a little bit more? I say San Francisco, San Francisco, because they've been together a little bit longer. But uh, San Francisco, I don't think they're going to stay out of this NL West race either. Like you said, if San Diego wants to make a move, they got to make a move now because I don't think that San Diego, uh, not San Diego, I don't think that San Francisco is going anywhere. <laughs> No, I think yeah, I think it's going to be a three-team race over so, you know, between them, the Dodgers, and of the Diamondbacks are still there. I I still don't think the Diamondbacks are going to be up there. I just don't think they they they, they will. I think you know the, the the lack of experience and that's what's going to you know kill the you know get them in the end. I think you know the Giants and the Dodgers they've both been there, so I think it's going to be between those two. If the Dodgers will get their get their act together, I mean they could end up you know being you know, on the outside looking in the end the cold. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm hoping that they'll figure it out. But yeah, I think the Giants are kind of like you know they're stabilizing a little bit. So. We'll see what happens there. Now, my Toronto Blue Jays, uh, they went, uh, <laughs> you know, they went two out of three against Oakland. I was uh, a little bit mad when they lost that first that first game, but they did bounce back. You know, of course, they beat uh, Oakland seven to three, and of course, twelve to one. They just hammered them uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm feeling a little bit better now. You know, that twelve one uh, win was behind uh, Kayvon Biggio's three run home run. So. And of course, George Springer also has 30, mm-hmm. 50, 55, I should say, career uh, homer. So, you know, I feel a little bit better about the Blue Jays a little bit. I think, look, you know, with the, the Rays being as far ahead as they are, I don't want to say that the AL East is, you know, gone, but you still got a shot at the wild card. So we'll see. But yeah, it's going to be, especially, you know, these next few, you know, next few weeks before the All Star race, it's going to be kind of a slope. I see they, who, how, they can, how these teams can position themselves, especially in the wild card races. As we always say about Toronto, they're led by Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And their offense it comes and goes sometimes because you, we all know that they hit home runs and score runs and bunches. And we saw that in, in the series against Oakland uh, this past weekend. The other uh, concern that I have is their starting pitch. I know you have Jose Barrios. We know Alex Manoa is down in rookie ball. I don't know if you're going to see him again this year. But uh, the rest of that starting rotation is going to have to uh, pick it up. Their bullpen is actually not too bad, but it's led by the office. I'm concerned about the rest of their starting rotation. And they can get that together, get back on track. They can really be a, a, a dangerous team than what they are right now. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm a little – um, yeah, that's the thing I'm worried about with the with the Blue Jays. That's what kind of got them last year, the last couple years, I should say. So they really need to get that pitching together. So hopefully they can kind of get it going, and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with that. Now going back to the National League for a second, you got the Marlins. Um, they win two out of three in their series. If I might get my computer for a second. Yeah, they win. Well, they, I should say they win three out of four, I should say, against the mm-hmm. Pirates. Of course, they started playing on Thursday. And uh, Yuri Perez uh, on in that Saturday uh, matchup, he struck out nine over six scoreless innings, and he is a fifth pitcher to record consecutive games with at least six innings pitch, zero earned runs, and nine strikeouts before turning 21. He's only 20 years old right now. It's his uh, earned runs became an official stat back in 1913. So he's already uh, making the case, I'm sure, for rookie of the year. And I'm wondering, like, you know, could the Marlins? Are we, we kind of went through this with the Marlins last year? I mean, can they keep it up? Can they? Well, you know, the lack of experience. I mean, I know that there's been a lot of talk about maybe trading some of these guys, but I, I feel like the Marlins, you know, could they perhaps maybe give the Braves some fits? Maybe, but 
you know, but they're definitely are they're kind of like the Reds in a lot of ways that you can't count them as an easy when they have too many great players on that staff. And also to that starting rotation is solid as well, led by Sonny Alcantara, last year's NL Cy Young Award winner. And they have a good bullpen as well. But don't forget about Luis Arise, who was traded from Minnesota to the Marlins before the start of the season. He's on the quest for 400. I don't know if he'll get there, but I think if he stays healthy, he's going to make a good hell of a run at it. So Miami doesn't uh, uh, wild you on paper offensively, but they kind of like – the national, uh, smaller version of the National East version of the Tampa Bay Rays. Also, too, don't forget about Chas Ch- Chisholm Jr. He's another young stud as well who's been around for the last couple of years. So Miami has a, a great um, young roster. Like I said, it's head by the young starting staff, and you cannot count them as an easy win anymore. I think I have more faith in them than Cincinnati, even though Cincinnati is fun to watch right now. I have a little bit more faith than in the Miami Marlins. I, can they challenge the Braves? I think they can, but I don't think they'll have enough forces yet to overtake them. Not yet, not just yet. I think you got the experience and the veteran experience from the Braves, so I think that definitely kind of will. If anything, they'll they'll definitely give you know, teams to fits, especially the Braves. So we'll see what happens there. As a second season sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, with you as we're talking some more uh, around the Diamond Talk. Now, uh, what else kind of caught your eye, either on the field or off the field, or any weirdness? Uh, wrapping up the. Comedy of uh, divisions of the AL Central, of course, the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. <laughs> the the Minnesota Twins take two out of three from those frauds in the Detroit Tigers. Detroit had a chance to win that series yesterday, but uh, comedy of errors and mm-hmm. all the other silly stuff. And Minnesota took advantage of the uh, of that, of, of those miscues yesterday. Of course, Carlos Correa has been on a mini power streak lately. Uh, he had another home run. Uh, yesterday, and of course, as I mentioned, Minnesota wins the game six to three yesterday to take two out of three in Motown and back to the NL East. Those New York Mets, Lakita, they lose two out of three to Philadelphia. You didn't, you know, only that your offense did enough yesterday, but your bullpen pissed the piss in the pan yesterday. Not one, but two hit batsmen in the eighth inning with the bases loaded. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> like you said, a comedy of errors, I guess, with the. Uh... With the Mets there, of course, you know, we, we heard about, you know, some people already say that maybe, you know, Buck Showalter you know, should have his, you know, should get the ax. But they have not had a good show, and they've been very disappointing. You lose two out of three, you know, to the Houston, then you lose two out of three against your division round with the Phillies. And, look, I it, I, I don't know. I mean, the bullpen has been, you know, melting down, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Scherzer and Verlander, they've been up and down. Your, your hitting's been inconsistent. So, yeah, kind of like. Kind of like the White Sox, I guess, but they actually did. Like you said, they did have a shot to to win that series. But like you said, the bullpen just, ooh, yeah, I don't know what to say about that. But I don't know what to say. I I, I don't know. Like you said, it was that was you know, where the circus music when you need it for that one because that was just a terrible yeah. show in there in the eighth inning by the by the Mets. So uh, I I don't know. I mean, you walk three batters, you hit two, you make you make an error as well. So yeah, so yeah, it is definitely it was definitely a comedy of errors in that game yesterday, mm. especially. And also, too, for the well, weekend wrap-up, Lakina's other team, I don't know if she's going to divorce them or not, quote-unquote, but the Seattle Mariners lose two out of three to Baltimore uh, on the East Coast over the weekend. And uh, Julio Rodriguez was robbed of a home run yesterday yes, by Anthony man. Santander. That was a great catch by, uh, yeah, by Santander yesterday. Yeah. But uh, Julio Rodriguez uh, robbed, I forgot who it was, who uh, he took a home run away from Baltimore on Saturday, but Payback, so you know what this what happened to him mm-hmm. yesterday. 
Yeah, yeah, they were not very happy with that home run, uh, Robert by Rodriguez. And again, I was like, that was a great catch by Santander. So yeah, you gotta give, mm-hmm. give him a little bit of credit there for uh, that. I mean, look, that look Baltimore, look, that's a great Baltimore squad. They got a solid squad, like mm-hmm. I said, Santander, uh, Ty France. I mean, look, that's a really good, uh, you know, good uh, Orioles team. So yeah, I think look, they're, you know, like I said, I don't want to, I'm not giving up on the uh, the Mariners just yet. I think, look, they, you know. They lose two out of three to the Yankees. They lose two out of three to the Orioles. I mean, they've had a very tough schedule. They do play uh, Washington with a little bit of home cooking starting tonight. So we'll see. They can kind of try to make it a little bit interesting here. But yeah, losing two in a row. I mean, there's, you know, I think, look, I think they're still adjusting the fact that they're no longer the hunters. They're not the hunted. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, Texas has been very good. You know, that the you know, Angels have kept it up so far. So that AL West is, is very tough for the most part. So yeah. They're in a very tough spot now, but yeah, I'm hoping they can turn around. I'm not, I'm not losing hope on them just yet. And speaking of the Texas Rangers, they lose two out of three in New York City over the weekend after the winning the opener last Friday, 4-2. The Yankees came back to win the last two games of that series, including yesterday's 5-3 win. Uh, Nathan Avaldi, I think he had a no decision, but uh, mm-hmm. he, uh, the two games that he last two games he's pitched in since Texas has been on this road trip, they lost They lost it yesterday at Yankee Stadium. Of course, they lost last Tuesday's game on that BS uh, um, blocking the plate call in, in Chicago against the White Sox. But Gary Cole did not look good yesterday for the Yankees, but those bats with Harrison Beta uh, and John mm-hmm. Carlos Stanton came through in the later innings to help the Yankees uh, take the series finale and take the series. I think this, I think we talked about this before we went live on air. This was a bigger series. It was a big series for Texas, but I think it was yeah. a bigger series for the Yankees because you still without Aaron Judge, he maybe. He may return to the lineup later on this week or next week. We'll see what happens with that. But this was a bigger series for the Yankees. Yeah, they really needed this to talk about the Yankees because, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. with, you know, with uh, Judge still being out with that toe injury and such. So, yeah, that, you know, being able to kind of you know, win the series is one of the, two, you know, the best teams. I think that's really solid. Even though, yeah, Gary Cole did not have the best start. But, yeah, look, I mean, Bader, you know, Bader picked up the slack. Uh, you know, they were mm-hmm. able to kind of, you know, Cole got out of jam- a couple of jams, you know, a couple of times, and that one o uh, win on Saturday for the Yankees. I mean, it was really, uh, you know, Cody Holmes able to get out of a couple of jams there, and you know that definitely helped them a little bit too. So yeah, if you're the Yankees, you know, well, I'll, I'll say I'll say the Rangers first. I mean, like, you know, it would have been great to have your know, one two out there against at, at Yankee Stadium, but this is more mm-hmm. important for the Yankees because just keep effective with the psyche of it, especially with just struggling with that torn. Apparently, now he has, a, he has a torn ligament in his toe. So, geez, now you know we'll see if he is back. He's supposed to come back with the next couple of weeks, but we won't know how he'll look. So. This is definitely something that you wanted for the Yankees, and I think this definitely uh, the Yankees really need this series more than the Rangers did. Yeah. Before we close up, shout for our number number one here on Second City Sports. We'll give you the MLB schedule for tonight in the series that are, uh, that are that are starting tonight, and the others that are starting tomorrow. Tonight's schedule looks like this: Monday, uh, the White Sox will start mm-hmm. their four game uh, series on the West Coast against the Anaheim Angels tonight at eight thirty eight. PM Central Standard, Standard Time Daily Seas will, uh, will take the bump for the White Sox. He's look, he's looked great his last three starts. Hopefully he can keep it going. Hopefully you get some offense to back him up, please, White Sox. Please help him out. Thank you. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> Another good interleague series here, Cincinnati at Baltimore. That's at 6.05 p.m. The Brewers at the disappointing Mets uh, at 6.10. That's on ESPN+. Plus. The Minnesota Twins will head down to Hotlanta to take on the Atlanta Braves. Go Braves for that. <laughs> the Tigers will take on the Texas Rangers. That's at 7 o'clock. And the Washington Nationals will face Lakina Seattle Mariners. She's not giving up on them yet. Uh, they'll start their, their series at 8.40 p.m. 
And some of the series that will be starting tomorrow, you got San Diego and Pittsburgh. That should be an interesting uh, matchup. Pirates been on the free fall. <laughs> yeah, I know. They've been pretty bad lately. Uh, San Francisco and Toronto is another chance for – that should be a fun series. There's a chance for Toronto to try to kind of ride the ship a little bit. Uh, Miami and Boston, you know, safe to say they probably will not be in a good mood after losing that series to the uh, – the White Sox, so we'll see. Where, right, uh, that's going to be a sneaky good series, I believe. That is going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, Houston and St. Louis, and old uh, NL uh, matchups there. Here, uh, <laughs> a couple of rivals there. Uh, Detroit, and oh, well, you already did Detroit, and Texas, uh, Philadelphia, and Chicago, and the Cubs. You know, they mm-hmm. start that series tomorrow. Oh, incidentally, that Minnesota uh, Atlanta series, the second game of that series, will be on TBS. That's going to be the Tuesday. Mm-hmm game of the week uh cleveland and kansas city they got the dodgers and the rockies they got the yankees and the a's and i think i got oh yeah tampa and arizona that should be a a sneaky good series too yes and that's your schedule for mlb for this upcoming week uh monday through wednesday right here on um you're listening to Second City Sports or Sports Zone Chicago. So that's your MLB schedule for uh, the next couple of days uh, to start off this week. Absolutely. So, uh, well, hour number one in the books. Hour number hour number one in the books. Hour number two straight ahead. We're gonna talk some NBA, some free agency, and some big trades, including the one that just came down across the wires about ten minutes ago. We'll talk about that. Also, some NFL uh, news as well. Yes, there's still some there's some NFL news as well. We'll delve a little bit. <laughs> we'll delve a little bit into the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame and also some sports media news. I know Sis got some sports media news he'll tell us about. Also, we got Old School TV Monday coming up next. So Go a little bit out of the box with this one today as we wrap up uh, Black Music Month. You guys are going to love this one. Ooh, this should be, ooh, okay, a little teaser there. So, uh, busy hour two coming up. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. We go to the I, we go to hard court and the, gri- and the gridiron coming up right after this. Do you know that you're in my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Yes, sir. 
winning. Few will earn the title. United States Marine. The few, the proud, the Marines. Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports on the Monday edition, real live in living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D eight zero. That's S I D K I D eight zero. You can follow Lakina again on the Twitter and Lakina's going to be on the IG. We have less than 55 minutes left or so on this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to hit us up in the comments section, you can do so by going to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can also catch Sports Zone Chicago now or available on Roku TV. All right, Sid. So we've got some. A uh, lot to you know talk about still. Let's go to the NFL. I mean, we'll do it. Let's do NBA first because that's really the more pressing mm-hmm. uh, thing right now. Of course, a big trade just came across the pike of a little over 20 minutes ago. Uh, the Hawks are finalizing a trade, according to uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. They're finalizing a trade to send uh, John Collins to the Jazz for Rudy Gay and a future second-round pick. Atlanta's largely unloading, basically unloading uh, uh, Collins' contract, a uh, three-year, $78 million mm-hmm. for some roster building, flexibility, and alignment. So, you know, with the chase of the salary cap, of course, we talked about the last couple of weeks. So, so what do you think about what do you think about this trade? Yeah, I think this was a salary dump. And and John Collins, if you paid attention, he's been a name that's been flowed out there in trade talks for the last two or three years. Of course, the, the Hawks made that surprise mm-hmm. run to the Eastern Conference Finals during that 72 game shortened season a couple of years ago with Trey Young. Uh, mm-hmm. He was a, a big part of that. But, you know, his future was always in flux. And now we. No, partially why? Because of the money that he was making. But we'll see if they can uh, keep Trey Young. Remember, they acquired Deontay Murray, the former San Antonio Spurs, around this time last year via trade. So we'll see if they can build some better pieces around Trey Young. If they'll keep Trey Young, which I think they will, but will they build some better pieces around him? We'll see. But on the other hand, for for Rudy Gay, I didn't, I didn't know he was still playing, Lakina. <laughs> You're talking about uh, getting old. Oh, yo, Shirley's getting. I remember he was coming out of UConn about 15, 17 years ago. I thought he quit by now, but I guess I he still has some value. I don't know if he's going to uh, play for the Atlanta Hawks. If not, I'm sure he's going to ask for a buyout. But we'll 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 see what what Atlanta does in terms of uh, roster building for if they're going to uh, add another veteran uh, or not. Maybe Demar Derozan is in play for for the Atlanta Hawks because he's entering his final year with the Chicago Bulls. And so we'll see if they're, they're going to try to add those type of variants to go along with Trey Young. We'll see mm-hmm. uh, what, the, what the front office of the Hawks do this summer. Yeah, that's going to be very interesting to see what they decide to do. You know, with, like, I said, like I said, with the change of the salary cap, I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting, you know, how everyone else is sort of going to be able to do this. So, like I said, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with that. Now, the Dame uh, 
the Damian Lillard situation it keeps just keeps getting weirder. I mean, you know, first you know they thought that maybe he was gonna stay, then he's gonna then he said, oh I want to you know, I want to leave. They say he wants to stay, and then you know he did the interview saying he wants to leave, and then he wants to see how uh, Portland does. Of course, apparently he wasn't very happy that uh, Portland actually used the second round pick instead of you know using it as a trade piece and all this stuff like. Mm-hmm. Oh, my head hurts. What do you think? I, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like this. Is whole this whole thing's really like just you know making my making my uh, my head spit like literally like not not. It was all, but... almost like the, yeah, it's almost like the Lamar Jackson situation back with the Baltimore Ravens. Can yes. we get a final resolution, please? Yes. <laughs> Can we? And I like Damian Lillard personally, but I think it's time for him to go because I don't you know Portland they're in a reset mode right now. We mentioned all the young players they have with Anthony Simons. Uh, mm-hmm. In a, in the in Scooter Henderson, who they picked up in the draft uh, a couple uh, days ago, so we we mentioned all the options that uh, that Damian Lillard has. It's not that many, but some very good ones. Boston is probably outside shot because they made their trade for Porzingis. So yeah, I don't know. They're they're not the front runners, but I know one team is uh, should be in the front runner to get his ser- acquire about his services. And that's the Miami Heat, as we talked about before. Him and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, uh, they'll be in the top of the East again, and they'll, uh, their chances will be better to get back to the finals than what they did this year. You would think that Philadelphia will still be in the mix to acquiring Mr. Lillard's services to go along with Joel Embiid. And we'll, I know we'll get into free agency uh, talk in just a moment, but you think that Philadelphia will be in play? Miami will be in play? No, not the Bulls. The Bulls will not be in play for Damian's services. So, uh, Bulls fans, I hate to disappoint you, but uh, Dave Dollar will not be coming to Chicago wearing the Bulls uniform anytime soon. So, mm-hmm. oh, and I know our buddy Mad Peck was very, uh, he was very losing sleep over that one. But yeah, I mean, look, at the- <laughs> I think I'm look, look, if there is a trade and such, I mean, I'm sure, look, if you're the brass over for with Portland, I think, look, you know, Dame's over 30 now, he's 32. I'm sure mm-hmm. he's going to go to a place where he'll have a chance to win win a ring, and you're going to have to reset if you're Portland. So, you know, hopefully this will be be resolved, and hopefully things will be figured out. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, here. Uh, let's see, uh, Josh Hart, of course. You know, he was uh, you know, you know, he was uh, traded a couple of times. He's now with the Knicks. You know, they actually, uh, you know, they extended uh, the, the player <laughs> options. You know, whether or not they're going to uh, pick up his options. So we'll see if they do that. And uh, D, well, speak say with the Knicks. Uh, D Rose, uh, he's his option for uh, next season was declined by the Knicks. So. There are already some people in the Bulls, you know, Bulls fans are already saying that it should be kind of a reunion of some type. Look, I would love for D Rose to come back here, but where 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 will we fend this offense? And also, too, I mean, they're not close to win a championship. So, like, I I don't what would be the I don't know what get the sense of that. What do you think, Sid? I I, I just don't get it. <laughs> for the storyline of it, it'll be a great return for him to cap off his career. But for what the Bulls need right now, he's not the answer. If he would have if he will come back here, he'll be a guy off the bench. And I don't know if Billy Donovan will. Excuse me. I don't know if Billy Donovan will use him the right way. And if a Bull, if a Bulls fans, you're not going to get the D Rose from early in his career. You're not going to get the 2015 Derrick Rose when that was at the end of that run with him and Jimmy Butler, Powell, Casal, and, and those in uh, that group. So. If he comes back, fine, but just lower your expectations. Me personally, I don't think that AK and Mark Eversley are, are going to go after him. The one player, as we delve into this free agency talk right now, the one person they should go after is Fred Van Fleet. Of course, he declined his option with the Toronto Raptors uh, earlier today. So that's the player that the Bulls should go after. 
especially with Lonzo Ball not playing next year. Probably, unfortunately, never will probably never play oh, again. Yeah, I don't want to put that out there, but we we all know he's not going to play for this upcoming season. Perhaps he'll never play again in the Bulls uniform. We'll just say that, but they should go after Fred Van Fleet. Yeah, and he wouldn't have to cost a lot either. So, and I think, of course, he's from uh, Rockford, so he's just from just outside mm-hmm. the city. So, it, it, he would be kind of like giving the extra score. And actually, he actually plays defense too. So, he definitely could yes. be that option because which the Bulls definitely they need they need shooting and they need def, a defender. So, you're gonna get that with uh, Fred Van Fred Van Vliet. You know, even for me to say, yeah, I've been knowing this guy since uh, Wichita State. I can't say his still can't say the man's name, but you know, that's that's my that's a me problem. You know, not anybody else. But yeah, I think this would be a, a great uh, this would be like a great thing for uh, for the Bulls to get that extra uh body off the bench you know a guy that can shoot the, the guy that a guy that can defend so hopefully the, i'm sure the bulls you know will, are the only teams that will be uh, vying for uh, mr van fleet services so you know be interesting to see what happens with that uh of course your free agency kicks off friday at five o'clock our time uh they got until uh you know the 29th uh to pick up whether they want to pick up andre drummond's option and they actually also have until the 30th to agree on an extension with Vooch. so It'll be interesting to see what happens with this because I think this is a this is pretty big for the Bulls. We'll see what direction they're going to be going. If I had to give a prediction out, I think they'll decline the option on Andre Drummond and try to pull all their money to Vucevic. That's just my prediction. I don't know how you see it, but I think they'll decline the option of Andre Drummond and and extend Vucevic. But the, as as I said before, the Bulls will have to make a big move or two this offseason because if you bring the same roster back, we know that. Um, Jones, um, Jones, Derek forgot, Jones, um, Derek Jones Jr. Yeah, thank you, Derek Jones Jr. Thank you. Sorry, my brain ain't working today. It's Monday. Derek Jones Jr. declined his option, so he's going to become a free agent, and he's not coming back here. So, if you bring the same team back, you'll be slightly over this uh, over the uh, salary cap, and it's not worth it for a team that just barely won forty games last year. But no. We just see- if they decide, you know, that they do try to go for the luxury chest, the way the uh, the new salary cap is going to be adjusted. So if we just mm-hmm. see how far AK can go with this, so who he may have some enough. I'm going to go look. I'm going to go by our uh, our buddy uh, Big Dave Watson for CHGO's mantra. Let 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 AK cook, and I'm sure he'll have uh, something up his sleeve. So you never know what's going on in his mind. I know there have been rumors about you know Levine trade, but look, you're not going to be able to move that contract, folks. I'm sorry. Now, I don't know if they want to move uh, DeMar either. So, like, I, you know, you may, may some, look, if you get Van, uh, Van Fleet, I mean, that might, that could help a little bit. But, you know, mm-hmm. again, um, you know, like I said, I mean, it's going to be interesting, like, what, what direction the Bulls decide to go with this. But they, they've got a lot of options. So I don't know if that's a, you know, you could take that as a, as a good or a bad thing. But, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, we said before the, what'd you say? Yeah, as we said before, this this Bulls seems that they need shooters or perhaps two shooters. I know you. I, I think I don't know about Patrick Williams' situation, but I know Kobe White is a restricted free agent, so we know there are some teams that are trying to go after his services. Will it be worth it for uh, the Bulls to match the offers from some of these teams that's going to be interested in Kobe's services? Well, we'll we'll soon find out. But this Bulls team needs shooters, perhaps two of them, and. And that's one of the things that that has hindered this Bulls team this last couple of years. Well, uh, before people yell at me, well, Kobe White and Zach Levine, they can shoot. Yeah, they can, but they're scorers who can't shoot. There's a difference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. I know Io is a is a restricted, I think, too. So that they, they mm-hmm. can kind of they got control of both those guys, uh, Patrick Williams as well. So yeah, like I said, the Bulls are kind of in a very tough spot. I mean, that's not a big surprise. So you just see where they go, what they do. So yeah, I'm kind of interested to see what what's going to be the big you know thing here and 
look, like I said, it'll be interesting with what, what direction they decide to go with because, like I said, who knows? You know, AK may, AK everything may, they may have a trick up their sleeve. So we just don't know what's in their mindset. So I think, you know, once free agency mm-hmm. starts, I mean, it's, it's going to be a freeing frenzy. So you've got guys like, like you said, Van Fleet, Dylan Brooks, Jalen Green. I mean, they're going to be, you know, guy. I mean, well, Van Fleet, I should say, and a, a few other guys as well. So there's going to be, there's going to be a, a whole list of free agents that are going to be uh, on the market now later this week. So I'm going to, it's going to be interesting what they decide to do. I would love for the Bulls to pick up a guy like Dylan Brooks. I know he was kind of quote unquote blackballed by the Memphis Grizzlies and he was being blamed for why Memphis lost to uh, the Lakers in the first round of this past year's playoffs. So of course it was other reasons because Steven Adams and Brendan Clark were hurt and John Morant, his head wasn't there literally uh, no pun intended. So uh, to put all that blame on Dylan Brooks, which is silly. Yes. Uh, Dylan Brooks did some silly things too, but uh, the problems in Memphis was way bigger than him, but I would like to see the Bulls pick up a guy like Dylan Brooks. I don't know if it's going to happen, but uh, we'll see if they if they even kick the tires around um, bringing on Mr. Brooks to their team. Yeah, I'm say maybe, maybe you know, I know they go pretty far about talking about uh, Brooks and Donovan, so maybe look, maybe they will, uh, you know, probably at least maybe he'd probably be pretty uh, reasonably priced too. So it'd be interesting to mm-hmm. see what what happens here what else who are the free agents i know you you know would you want a harrison barnes a will barton uh let me see i know you don't want mm. malik beasley uh, uh biombo is that bismarck biombo would that be a guy that you would want if you're the bull no uh, he's to- older slightly older version in, uh, for andre drummer <laughs> yeah, so, like, no thomas yeah thomas bryant who uh, declined his option with the nuggets and then you know the defending champion nuggets uh, Jared Butler, uh, Javon Carter, Michael Carter Williams, you know, bring him back to the Bulls or something like that. So, <laughs> you want to bring you know, Michael Carter Williams back to the Bulls? I mean, that that's a familiar name, but, <laughs> any, but yeah, any great shooters on that list for Asian list? <laughs> uh, hold on, let me see here. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Uh, let me see here, of course. Yeah, because yeah. if not, like I said, the Bulls will definitely have to make some trades, perhaps a couple of trades to bring some shooters in here because this team desperately needs shooters. Okay. Uh, Crowder, uh, Seth Curry, maybe? Uh, he wouldn't be bad for the Bulls. Maybe reasonably priced, too. Uh, let's see here. Yep, yep, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it for the most part. I mean, we're talking about shooters and guys that can defend. Mm-hmm. So the list is actually not that big. So like I said, Red Vanfleet's going to be like the big prize. I know the Bulls are going to be trying to, mm-hmm. you know, get that. But I'm sure there are going to be other teams that are going to be doing it too. So, you know, it'll be interesting. But, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested. I can't wait till for, for free agent to start because it's going to get interesting to see how, where all this goes, who, where a lot of those guys are going to be going. Yeah, as we said before, the Bulls need some cap flexibility. They're up against it, and they have to have to make a couple of trades if they want at least a, at least a couple of these guys off the free agent market. All right, as long as I can see, sports on sports on Chicago, Lakeem McGee, Cindy Brown, with you talking some free agency and a little bit of uh, some basketball here. Now we're gonna you know, go switch gears here and talk a little bit of uh, football now. I know they got a little bit of time between now and uh, training camp, which starts later next, about this time next month, in some uh, spots. Now, Donovan Cook is a name that's still being, you know, still on the market now. He, I, I'm sure he's taking this his time now. I saw on Good Morning Football uh, earlier this morning that maybe, perhaps, him, you know, going to the Jets, perhaps, maybe, yes, no, maybe so. Uh, what do you think? Would that be a good fit for uh, I, Mr. Cook? I think it would make sense only because if. 
second, will be soon the second year running back Brees Hall, who tore his ACL last year. He actually had a good, he was on his way to a good rookie year, but until he tore his ACL in the game at Denver last year. So I, I think it will make sense for the Jets. They'll give another extra weapon for Aaron Rodgers coming out of the backfield. I think it would be a good tandem between him and Mr. Hall. I think that's the only reason they're, why they were signing him because they want to bring uh, Reese Hall back. You don't want to rush a young guy's uh, with that kind of talent back for, because he's still recovering from that torn ACL. I think that's the only reason why they were, the Jets were considering but it will it will give Mr. Aaron Rodgers another weapon out of the backfield. And actually, less less emphasis on him to have to throw the ball, so that might help a little bit. Mm-hmm. Look, we talked about we talked about this real with Dalvin Cook a few a few weeks ago. Some of like the various places that he could go. I know you've wanted him to go to Buffalo. We'll talk to Buffalo because they had sent a couple of their their key guys in a second. Um, let's see here, maybe Philadelphia. I don't know what their cap situation is. Uh, they got a bunch of running backs on the roster already, so yeah, I, might be a little crowded uh, there. Yeah, it is crowded there. Maybe Jacksonville. Like I said, he's from he's from around that area. He went to Florida State, so maybe Jacksonville. They could always use another running back. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, I know. I'm sure the Bears I know Miami's be- at the top of that list, and yeah, like I said, it'll be a great fit for the for for the Dolphins. But uh, to a tongue of a lover, to a tongue of a lover, say that five times fast. He has to stay healthy for that offense to work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's another. That's another uh, thing, and uh, hmm. you know, it's, like I said, it's gonna be interesting. I'm sure, like I'm sure he's gonna want to try to be in a roster by training camp. I'm talking about uh, Cook, so I know, mm-hmm. I know that uh, Good Morning Football guys have said that Noah uh, Dan Orlowski from ESPN. I know you know, yes, his food takes are, are not very good, but he actually is a pretty good <laughs> analyst, football analyst. But you know, we won't get into that. But yeah, he's actually also, you know, he actually is making the case for just the opposite. He has, he does not think that he'd be a good fit. Uh, talking about could be a good fit in the with the Jets. I, I know, uh, I know, he said, I know he has said Buffalo. I know a couple other teams he said as well. Perhaps might be a better fit for him. But I mean. You know, I like the fact that, he, that the cookie is taking his time, but I'm wondering, like, I'm sure he's going to want to, you know, go to a place where he'll have a chance to win a ring. And, but also, too, I'm sure he probably going to want to see where he's going to get some uh, touches. Yeah. And if you're a devil cook, that sh- should be your concern right now. Where can I go get the touches and where's my, uh, where's the team who has the best chance to win? I keep saying Buffalo, but with the head coach, Sean McDermott, being stubborn many times. Okay, let's just say if you if you're a Dalvin Cook, you do sign with Buffalo. Are you gonna guarantee me a certain amount of touches? We all know that Sean Denver likes to run Josh Allen into the ground. Hopefully, that right elbow injury is healed up from last year. Because if it's not, Buffalo's going to be in trouble. They can have the best running back in the league on their team, but if you running Josh Allen more than you giving carries to your run, running back, it's going to be a problem. We all already know that Stephon Diggs is unhappy again. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, they got to get that situation taken care of right before the season starts, right before training camp, you assume. So I, I just don't know what, what's going on uh, with the Sean McDermott and the rest of that Buffalo Bills front office right now. They have the talent there. They do, but just like they can't get out of their own way sometimes. Well, they actually just extended both Brandon B, who is a GM, and uh, McDermott to a new contract for to, to the 2027 20, season. So I'm sure uh, ownership may have a may have a different idea. So it's going to be interesting to see what the you know, Buffalo does, especially with the fact that now you're going to have uh, the Gene, the Bean, and uh, McDermott, you know, in the fold. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they can, you know, get that situation with Diggs. You know, who knows what, whatever the situation is, who knows with uh, with that, with that is entailing. But you know, like mm-hmm. I said, I mean, 
maybe Baltimore for Cook. I mean, I think Baltimore might be a good place for him. They could always use more running backs. That way they the ball yes. to use his legs you know, a lot. So and you know, keep the injuries to a minimum there. So yeah, look, there are places where Cook could go now. I know some people, you know, and of course the Kansas City folks would love to have him on, but like, y'all got a bunch of running backs, so don't get greedy. Uh, <laughs> uh, Actually, Jerry McKinnon did do, didn't do bad last year for them. In, uh, Isaiah uh, <coughs> or Pecchio, if I'm Pecky. pronouncing his name correct, yeah. uh, correctly, uh, he did a, a good job for them toward the end of last season as well. So, and plus they had some salary cap issues anyway, so Devil Cook wouldn't, wouldn't fit on their team even if they did want him. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting to see what he. Uh, does there uh, anything else uh, football wise that you know that that's got your kind of like your know, ears perked up before we uh start uh be able to talk about training camp and whatnot? Oh, I wanted to bring up an article that I found over the weekend. This is courtesy of our good friends at cbssports.com. Uh, Jared Dubin uh mm-hmm. had uh, had a, a great article, you guys can check it out. He had a ranking of the the 2023 NFL triplets uh, coming into the season. And he listed uh, his top six and uh, we'll go through them very quickly. Uh, he has that number six from the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, running back Tony Pollard and wide receiver CD Lamb. Of course, Dak Prescott is, is going on in that last year, that guaranteed deal. He needs mm-hmm. to have a big year. Of course, Tony Pollard is recovering from that uh, injury. He suffered in the playoffs last year. And CD Lamb really had a breakout year last year. That's yeah, the number also, one wide right, receiver for the Cowboys. Yeah, and also to remember with uh, Zeke now gone, you know, he hasn't found a team yet either. So, yeah, with Zeke gone, I mean, yeah, the pa- we'll see how Paolo mm-hmm. looks when we able to get into the training camp. He didn't participate in OTA. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering, like, you know, what's it, how he, he's going to look. So, and a lot of, like I said, a lot of pressure going to be on uh, Mr. Prescott to try to perhaps maybe, I don't know, maybe he could have that breakout year because, like I said, this is the last year of that guaranteed money. So, Gonna be interesting though, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I can, I, okay, I, I can, I can live with them being that, them being at number six. Okay, in tier two at number five, according to Jerry Dubin of CBSSports.com, ranking the 2023 NFL triplets at checking in at number five, the Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert, who will be looking for fresh cash soon. Also, Eckler, who's returning to the team after failing to get a trade request, and wide receiver Keenan Allen who's been injured the last couple of years. You know, I forgot who we had on from Locked On Chargers, but we talked about Kenny Allen wanting to be in the best underrated wide receivers in the league, but uh, injuries have caught up with him the last couple of years. But you know as well as I do, he puts up great numbers whenever he's healthy. And this trio is, uh, uh, is looking good going into the season. Of course, they have new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, after what happened in Jacksonville last year, blowing that big-time lead in the playoffs. But if this trio is healthy – uh, they could do it again, and, and, uh, and expectations are higher for this Chargers team this year. Especially with you know, Kellen Moore taking over as OC. So, yeah, that's going to be very interesting to, to see how what, how this will, this new offense will look. I mean, we know Eckler was not very happy last year. He didn't get a lot of touches. Plus, he was mm-hmm. hurt, too, a lot. So that didn't yeah. help his cause either You know, with the trade value. So hopefully he can kind of – maybe he can have a good, you know, a great season coming up and perhaps maybe get that – get that money, you know, that they probably desperately want. So, yeah, I mean, look, that those three are great together when they're all healthy. And I think that's been the problem the last few years. So, yeah, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, this new breakout. I mean, I think they're going to give the Chiefs some fits. Yeah, I think they will, too. Checking in at number four on Jared Dubin's list, the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, running back James Cook and Stefan Diggs. Of course, James Cook, uh, for the record, he's the younger brother of 
Not Freed, you're running back Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, yep. That's his brother. So yeah, so that's another reason why he probably a lot of folks probably he might want to go back, you know, go to the go Buffalo because his kid brother's there. But yeah, it'll be interesting though with that. I mean, look, if they can get you know big brother Dalvin to come there, that can only help a, a little bit, you know, especially with that running back and you know, the running back position. I know uh hates it that uh Allen's been you know leading the team and rushing the last few years, so I don't think he likes that at all. I know he's probably told you that, but yeah. I think yeah, I think look, they need they need something to break out. Look, whatever digs, hopefully I'll figure that out before training camp because you don't want that to be a detraction or an issue. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Checking in at number yeah, checking in at number three, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, with the Jerry Dubin um, writing this quarterback Jalen Hurts, running back. You tell me, LOL. <laughs> of course they have, <laughs> of course they have Rashard Penny, DeAndre Swift, who they acquired via yeah. trade uh, during the draft. Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott, and of course wide receiver AJ Brown. Yeah, I think you know it's gonna be a running back by committee over there in, in Philly. So you know it'll be interesting what what, what direction. You know, and I'm sure. Look, I, look. I mean, I. I don't know. I mean, you know, there's going to be like, you know, as long as if you're an Eagles fan, I think you got to be feeling pretty good. You got, you won't have to tell her, her to use his legs too much. And Nick Sirianni will not have to worry about him using his legs a lot. So you got all those running backs. So yeah, mm-hmm. you got Brown, of course, I'm sure he'll have his touches. And uh, look, I'm sure they, I know they want to kind of break that uh, Super Bowl runner up curse. No, uh, uh, since he did it last year, but I know that, look, it's going to be interesting because they got a pretty tough schedule. So we'll see where they're at. Okay, now we're going to tier one, according to Jared Dubin of CBSSports.com, ranking the 2023 NFL triplets coming into the season. At number two, the Kansas City Chiefs, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, running back Isaiah Pacquiao, and tight end Travis Kelsey, the ageless one. Self-exclamatory there. but the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at num- yeah. And at number one, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Joe Burrow, who's looking for fresh cash very soon, Running back Joe Mixon and wide receiver Jamal Chase, Jamar Chase, will also be looking for fresh cash uh, very soon. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what, how those three look because, like you said, two of those guys who are old, happen to be old, uh, teammates from LSU, they're going to be looking for some fresh paper. So it's going to be interesting to see where they're at. But, yeah, look, I don't mind that, being that, that list, I mean. Yeah, so check out that article at cbssports.com. It's under the NFL section. Of course, uh, wrapping up uh, with that list, Lakina, with Cincinnati, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what type of year that T. Higgins is going to have as well because uh, according mm-hmm. to many pundits and experts using air quotes here, he may be the odd man out. And if that's the case, if you're GM Ryan Poles so, uh, going back to the Chicago Bears, do you think about acquiring his services around this time next year? It'll be interesting though. Like I said, they may not have a lot of you know. They got to pay uh, Bro. They got to pay Chase. So yeah, they mm-hmm. could that odd guy out. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, that uh, whole thing as we get into the get closer, closer to training camp. So we'll still be talking to NFL here. So folks, don't feel, don't feel. Uh, you know, we're not gonna talk. About, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna still go talk to some NFL. So no problem at all. We're gonna take a really quick break, a last break for uh, the show for this uh, for today anyway. Of course, we'll still delve a little bit more into uh, some hockey. Talk about the Hockey Hall of Fame. With the Hawks down on the verge of you know, picking Connor Bedard on Wednesday night, and also too, I don't think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, we might trade him. So who knows? But uh, also too, uh, of course, I know has got some uh, media news. Of course, as a lot of time, uh, ESPN anchor says goodbye, and uh, of course, old school TV Monday as we wrap up uh, Black Music Month here in June and last Monday here. Uh, lots to do still. Lakita McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports on Sports Social Chicago. We'll wrap days up coming up right after this. 
This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Sorry. Welcome back to Second City Sports on a Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Soul Chicago. We're in our last break of the show for today. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80 on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at Kina on the Twitter and I can't go to get the IG. 
And if you want to get those last minute uh, questions or comments in for the show, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. All right. So now we really get, did get, did really get a chance to kind of really delve into it because we we're uh, up against it uh, on Friday. But yeah, the Hockey Hall of Fame, of course, announced it's it's a uh, opening class. Uh, last week, of course, you know Hendrik Lundqvist, um, who of course you know we know that he's one of the top you know, goalies in the league, you know, for many years with the Rangers mm-hmm. and such. And you know he leads the class, you know, a pretty solid class. So we'll get to the rest of the class in a second. But uh, yeah, it's actually been his uh, his uh, accomplishment with the Swedish uh, uh, national team. I know they won a gold medal. So that that sort of you know, also helps him with that front, but yeah, he's a great analyst. Uh, did a great job over with uh, over at Turner. So very deserving uh, Hall of Fame uh, favorite for uh, Mr. Lundquist. And he's pretty. Yes, he is cute. Yeah, I will not. I will not dispute that. I need to say it too. As I said last Friday, uh, he was a great goalie for the Rangers. Uh, took it to the Stanley Cup final back in uh, a couple of. Uh, he took it to the Stanley Cup final in 2014 before. Uh, bowing down to the Los Angeles Kings uh, in a tough five-game series. But he was Mr. Consistent in front of that net. He was one of the tough net miners uh, during his era of hockey. And too bad he couldn't get a Stanley Cup ring to cap off his career, but he's going in the Hall of Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto regardless. So hats off to him for a great career and for the Hall of Fame induction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike Vernon, who has a couple of Stanley Cups too. Of course, he won a cup. With the Flames in 1989, as well as with the uh, the Red Wings back in, I think it was 97, I want to say, 97 or yeah. 98. Of, mm-hmm. yes. 97. Yes. Yeah. 97? Okay, so I was right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, what, another top goalie. There was, those, there was kind of a thing. There were a lot of these uh, with some of these goalies. So, you know, a, a de- another uh, deserving, I guess, um, you know, kind of like he was definitely one of those guys. You're very tough-minded. Stood on his head, especially I remember that 89 uh, – uh, Stanley Cup and it was just he was one of the reasons why the Flames won that and it actually was actually they actually beat the Kings you know on their way to that cup so he was mm-hmm. you know definitely one of the one probably one of you know probably one of the more underrated uh guys goalies I should say uh in the league I remember uh, Lenny McDonald's uh, uh playoff beard and, and, and beard and facial here you can barely see what he looked like I know he's still ha- he's hanging on to some of that yes. uh, because yes, he's still he <laughs> living today but I remember like uh what do you look like you hide behind all that hair <laughs> right yeah he actually he had, yeah I remember he said he actually liked the beard that's why he kept it so I don't know if it's over but, but yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah so you know but yeah, he had a goal against the average of 1.76, a save percentage of uh, 90, well, just under 93, and he was a three-time all-star. I talk about Vernon was so yeah, just uh, another solid uh, you know goalie uh, there. Um, of course, uh, let me see here who else uh, made it. Uh, also, to of course uh, Tom Barrasso. Um, you know, another goaltender again. You know, it's a thing here. All these goaltenders mm-hmm. said he won. He won the Vizina Trophy as a rookie with the Sabers back in '84. He was rolled up for the award the following season. Of course, that's top goalie in '91, '92. Uh, Barrasco, uh, Barrasco, I should say, uh, backstopped the Penguins to back-to-back cups, and he managed to play ten more seasons after that. He finished his career with a three point two four. Uh, goal against average and just under 90% save percentage and 38 shutouts in his 777 game mm-hmm. career. Yep, you can't argue with those numbers. And like I said, it ranks up right up there um, with his uh, classmates. And so 
uh, congratulations to him. It, it's a it, more can you say? Look, like, you you speechless. You read off those numbers. So, yeah, especially it <laughs> yeah. ranks among some of those uh, the best in his era. Absolutely, of course, Pierre Turgeon. Of course, you remember that name. Uh, Sid and uh, of course from 88 to 94 he scored a total of 242 goals uh, which ranked 10th you know in that in 8th I should say in that time span also too he had a 20 because he's a 20 goal scorer he had the 30 goal he did a 30 goal score mark uh, three times uh, played for six different franchises um, you know probably one of the better players in the league so I'm glad he he's made it to the Hall of Fame uh, Ken Hitchcock uh, oh crap really Oh, darn to see. Uh, my little, uh, yeah, four pointers coach in the NHL history with 849 victories over 22 seasons. He led the, of course, the Dallas Stars to their first and only cup back in 99. And took the that should team. have been Buffalo's, but I digress. Right. That's true. He took the, uh, the, the team, you know, the same team the next year. Of course, they lost to the Devils that year and, uh, you know, took five, coached five different teams, uh, you know, to the playoffs, you know, 14 of his 22 years there. So another, uh, solid, uh, Solid uh, coach. They're probably one of the more underrated coaches in the league, I think. Yo, kid, I'm so glad he's finally getting his due. Uh, Carolina Ulett, who had uh, was a highly decorated uh, career in the Canadian women's uh, national uh, team, uh, won four gold medals with the Canadian team, uh, 59 uh, cha- world championship games, uh, f- have you know, four pieces. You know, she racked up actually 10 gold medals throughout her career. Um, you know, in her career, of course, with the, of course, playing the various women's hockey leagues in the NWHL and the CWHL, which is the Canadian uh, Women's Hockey League, um, too. So, a nice career for her. And, um, you know, probably still, I think she still does TV work, though, too, for the Canadian. I think she does some work on TSN, I believe, with their, uh, with, with their, uh, their uh, hockey, both the men's and the women's. So, you know, nice career for her as well glad she's getting her due and i think there's one more my darn thing froze uh you know my thing froze of course it did pierre lacroix who <laughs> sally is uh yeah yeah pierre lacroix who sally is no longer one of those remember he died from covid a couple years ago so of course you know lacroix probably one of the you know the best front office guys he served as gm for the old quebec no and of course the Colorado avalanche from 94 to 06 he reached up they reached the playoffs every season during his tenure there he Bought two Stanley Cup champions, you know, in 96 and 96 and 01 with the Avalanche. They won eight division uh, titles with him at the helm. And, uh, yeah, so he'll be uh, inducted posthumously. So, yeah, a really great class of uh, NHL uh, – well, Hockey Hall of Famers, I should say. Just not just NHL, but ho- all of hockey. Hockey Hall of Famers. So, mm-hmm. rest Yeah, it's a great, great class. But I I remember tweeting out last week uh, via the NHL Network, they had a list up there, and they featured two former Blackhawks, Jeremy Roenick and Corey Crawford. Do you think either or both will eventually get into the the Hockey Hall of Fame? I know Jeremy Roenick's in the USA Hall of Fame, Hockey Hall of Fame, but do you think him and Corey Crawford or both or either one will eventually get into the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto in the near future? Yeah, they were yeah, they were both finalists. I think I think they will get it eventually, just because for their accomplishments. Who, of course, with everything that Rona uh, Rona does, I think maybe his his past mistakes might come back to bite him in the butt. I'm talking about Ronick, so that might keep him out of the Hockey Hall of Fame. You know, we'll see. Um, Crawford, I think we'll get into. I think look, he's still very young. I don't even think he's 40 yet, which is kind of weird to see. Let me think about it. But of course, yeah. he's part of those uh, two Stanley Cups. You know, for uh, the Black Cost, two of the the last two of those uh, those cups. So. 
I'm hope I'm sure he'll get in, but I'm sure he'll get in at some point. I mean, other some other uh, folks that didn't get in, or Rob Brendavore. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't get in. I would have thought he would have gotten in this year. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll get in eventually. Like, like the Hockey Hall of Fame is like I don't want to say they're very selective, but they're kind of like okay, look, we are again. This year is more of a goalie theme, so maybe next year will be a defensive mm-hmm. theme or whatever. So. Yeah, like, so it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. But yeah, this is actually a good class. So I don't have too many issues with it. But yeah, I'm a little surprised that uh, Brendan Moore and Rodick and, uh, and Crawford, I think. I think his youth might have a little bit to do with it too. But yeah, but what do I know? <laughs> yeah, I think Crawford, Crawford's going to have to wait a while. But I think eventually he'll he'll get in. Jeremy Ronan, in my personal opinion, should have been in years ago. But I think he'll eventually get in. Now, how many years, more years he's going to have to wait, I don't know. But I think. I think you're correct. Uh, they'll both of them will eventually get in, but I, but, but how much longer are they going to wait? Yeah. So so yeah. So you so know, let's congrats to all the hockey hall of famers. That should be uh, a fun, uh, uh, yeah, fun summer coming up later this year. Yep. You're listening to Second City Sports or Sports Zone Chicago. See Lakina hanging out here still, with. We're still, yeah. Yeah. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports on yeah. Chicago. Sid Lakina hanging out here with you as we uh, still have a few more minutes left in our Monday edition uh, of the program. I want to talk a little bit about the sports media news and it and affects us here in Chicago. Uh, this story actually broke over the mm-hmm. weekend. First, according to Jeff Agress, the deputy sports editor of the Chicago Sun-Times, it looks like the Chicago Cubs will join the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees uh, as the, the latest teams in Major League Baseball to uh, direct to consumer streaming services. Accounting for the recent trend toward cord cutting, Marquee Sports Network announced plans to launch a direct-to-consumer streaming service, enabling viewers to watch the Chicago Cubs games without paying for a cable or satellite subscription. While details remain scarce, uh, the service could be available as soon as next month, according to Cubs President of Business Operations, Mr. Crane Kenny. Uh, in a recent interview, uh, uh, Crane Kenny uh, participated in on 670 The Score, the Cubs radio flagship station. He said, and I quote, to reach our fans that cut the cord. We're introducing a streaming service this year. We are aiming for July sometime after the All-Star break to bring service to those who say, I cut the cord. I do not have Fubo, which we are available on, but I would like to buy a marquee individually just to channel to see Cubs games, end quote. Lakina, it looks like this trend is starting to uh, continue. And uh, with the cord thing, uh, process has been going on for many years. Uh, uh, viewers in the uh, and and people in general say are saying that I'm not going to pay too much for for this uh, subscription service or the cable services. The prices are going up seemingly like every year. It looks like every month. So people will like to pay exactly for what they want. And for Cubs fans, this is a great option for them. You can uh, pay just to watch what you want, almost like an a la carte service. And this is the trend. That, that the professional sports, I think, in general are going in. We, we talk about the the Valley sports situation with the, with the Diamond Sports, the group that owns those regional sports networks. The old model of the regional sports networks are dying. And so it looks, it looks like these um, – we already talked about last week with a couple of teams with the in the NBA with the Phoenix Suns and the Utah Jazz airing their games next year on the uh, over-the-air a channel and also offering streaming uh, streaming services to for for their fans to watch their games as well, uh, for the Cubs and for the New York Yankees, and the Boston Red Sox. They're doing it in baseball, uh, doing it to a, to a direct consumer to a direct consumer service, 
people, as we say all the time, people want and eat options. And, and this is another way for, for your product to uh, reach out to your group of fans. Not, every, not everybody wants cable anymore. And not everybody wants to pay for two or three uh, subscription services like your FUBU and your FUBO and Hulu TV and, and YouTube TV. You have all the channels on one, but you got to pay another subscription service to get another channel. And people don't want to go through that. And I, and I don't blame them. So I think this is a good move for the Cubs. And it's just going to increase their viewers, uh, their their viewership even more. So uh, this year with the team being competitive, I, I think that the Cubs will do well because there's there's always going to be interest with the Chicago Cubs. They're not just a local team in Chicago with interest. They're a national team as well. You could thank WGN in the 80s for their popularity and that. Continuing on with the article, the Cubs joined the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees as early adopters of the direct-to-consumer model, offering paid monthly subscription services on Nesson and Yes, respectively. This could be part of a smart pivot for the Cubs who have experienced declining viewership of late because the team has been struggling the last couple of years. But a product of both the team's irrelevance and the prevailing core cutting phenomenon with streaming and the a la carte services emerging as legitimate threats uh, to cable. So as we said before, people want and need options. And this is a, a great a, a great thing for Cubs fans and for uh, baseball fans in general. As we, as I talked about before with Lakina, uh, the Major League Baseball has his own, or MLB TV has his own rules of uh, blackouts, which in which uh, that rule has been hideous for years. If you live in the state of Iowa, you cannot watch certain teams. I believe it's like five or six teams. Of course, both the Chicago teams, the White Sox and the Cubs, the Kansas City Royals, the Milwaukee Brewers, and the Minnesota Twins, I believe. Those are the teams. If you live in the state of Iowa, you cannot watch. So uh, it, it's embarrassing. And <clears throat> you've got to make your part of more available to more people uh, as as the to widen your audience as big as possible. We know that att attendance has been uh, on a decline in, around Major League Baseball for the last few years, uh, minus the 2020 COVID season. So it, it, you're, if you're Major League Baseball, you need to do your marketing and, and do it much better than you are right now, marketing your stars, making your games available to everyone across the, the United States and across the world as well. And with these blackout rules, it's just silly. It's just silly. So once again, uh, the Cubs are the third Major League Baseball team to to start a direct-to-consumer service uh, courtesy with the Marquee Sports Network, and that's going to come out in the month of July sometime after the All-Star break. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid. Hopefully, Lakina will, will rejoin us before we close out shop for today. Let's get into the uh, back into the hockey as uh, the NHL draft for 2023 will take place on Wednesday from the city of Nashville, Tennessee. Of course, the Blackhawks will have the number one pick. Of course, the Blackhawks cannot say officially who they drafted, but I was watching NBC Sports Sunday locally here in Chicago last night, and GM Hawks GM Kyle Davidson was interviewed by Mike Berman of NBC's Five Sports here in Chicago, of course, friend of the show. And, and Mr. Berman asked Kyle Davidson about uh, have they decided who they drafted yet? Of course, Kyle Davidson said, uh, we, we haven't decided yet in respect to our scouting staff, but we won't reveal that who will be drafted. I'll, I'll give them all, all the credit, just paraphrasing uh, a little bit there at the end. But it, it'll be disastrous if the Chicago Blackouts don't draft Conor Bedard. I know there's some other players that are um, 
just as equal or equal or talented as him in this draft this year. This is a deep draft for uh, the National Hockey League this year. But Kyle Madard makes uh, the most sense for Chicago, as we talked about before in this show. Uh, it, it speeds up the process just a little bit for the Hawks to rebuild after you let go of Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, Brent Seabro, Duncan Keith, and all those guys who won you those championships over a decade ago. Uh, it, it's a, a great start to uh, to this rebuild. If you draft Connor Bedard, it's going to look good on the resume for, for Kyle Davidson, but this team still has a long way to go. And let's be honest here, this is a business move as well because when it was announced over a month ago that the Ball Hawks will have the number one pick in this year's draft, a ticket, regular season ticket sales, both full and partial, went up a, a big percentage there. So, uh, Hawks fans, if you're a longtime Blackhawks fans, or you just jumping back on the bandwagon after those championship from those championship years, you want to see what the Hawks look like because uh, this, that the, those teams that won the Stanley Cup the no, the previous decade were fun to watch, and with the talent of Colin Badara, who has a little bit of Connor McDavid and Patrick King in him, you want to see what this guy is made of, first of all. And number two, you want to see well how Kyle Davidson puts a better team around him. You got to put some veterans around him to help uh, kind of uh, adopt himself into uh, into the NHL game. Of course, he's 18 years old. If you've seen him in interviews already, he's well spoken. And he carries himself like a professional. And that's what you want a guy like that to represent your organization. And having a, a polished star like that with the talents of a veteran like a veteran like presence already, it's only gonna help him grow. And hopefully the <clears throat> excuse me, hopefully the Blackhawks can market him not only to the uh, the hockey fans here in Chicago, but uh, uh, other fans in, involved so they can get get used to him and help grow the game a little bit more. Hopefully the Hawks will start winning again and draw some more fans to go back into the United Center of this coming fall for the 2023-24 season. Uh, going back to baseball, uh, just quickly before we hopefully get to close out for Old School TV Monday. Of course, the White Sox, as we mentioned, they start their seven-game world trip uh, on the West Coast. They have four against the Anaheim Angels, three night games, including uh, starting tonight. And they have an afternoon game on Thursday. And, of course, they go to Oakland. The Friday night game is a night game, of course, this Saturday. And next Sunday will be afternoon games, of course. Uh, the White Sox is still trail the Minnesota Twins by six games in the AL Central. Uh, they've been terrible on the road this year. They have a, a better record of 500 at home. But as I said to Lakina in the previous hour, the Sox need to go at least 5-2, and 4-3 and three at worst to establish a winning record on this road trip. They need, they need to show they can be consistent on the road. There are a few games under 500 away from Sox Park. And you talk about guys that are heating up with the bats. Luis Roberts heating up with the bat. Jake Berger of the Yasemite Grandal had a home run over the weekend against the Red Sox. So uh, the, it's been the starting pitch in the bullpen who has been improving over the last month for the White Sox that has been keeping the Sox barely afloat. But they still have a, a lot of work to do. As we let's see if Lakina uh, decides to rejoin us after her uh, audio issues. Lakina, are you there? I'm here. I'm back. Okay. I, okay. I want to get your thoughts about Connor Bedard. 
Yeah, I want to get your thoughts about Conor Bedard be, uh, hopefully being selected by the Blackhawks on Wednesday. As I uh, previously mentioned before you uh, rejoined us, that uh, it'll be a disaster <laughs> if Conor Bedard is not selected by the Blackhawks. Because remember, last month after it was announced that the Blackhawks had a, had, will have the number one pick on Wednesday night's draft, all those calls to the United Center ticket office went up a thousand percent. Both full and partial season tickets. If they don't select Bedard, all the Blackhawks fans would be um, rightfully upset. <laughs> yeah, I think there will definitely be some anarchy there if they don't. <laughs> if they don't yeah. select Bedard. I think. Yeah, I think that's going to be fine. I think. Look, I think he'll be. He'll definitely be one of those you know, guys. You know, they're definitely like I said, ticket sales are already up at the UC, and I'm 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 happy that you know that they got this chance to, to have to kind of do a lot of. You know, things are kind of like, look, are they still, they're still like a couple, at least a couple of years away from being a good, good, you know, mm -hmm. from being playoff contenders. But, you know, I think, look, you know, getting a generational talent, well, we'll see how he does. I mean, well, you know, the Blackhawks have done pretty well with it with, uh, with generational talent. You got, you had like not one, but two guys with, uh, Jonathan Taze and, uh, of course, Patrick Kane as well. So we are just to see mm -hmm. what, what he does, uh, for what I'm talking about, Badar does there. And of course, there are rumors now that, uh, that Taylor Hall, who is a uh, veteran uh, left winger, is actually going to be going to Chicago. It looks like this is according to uh, Elliot Friedman, who uh, you know who does who is a hockey blogger. You know he's saying that you know that that Taylor Hall could be you know will be going to Chicago. So yeah, so things are good up for uh, Mr. Kyle uh, Davidson and the Blackhawks so far. So it should be interesting. Yeah, as I said before, you rejoined us. Kyle Davidson needs to get uh, veterans in here to uh, surround Conor Bedard to get him used to the uh, NHL style of game and getting used to how he to carry himself as a pro both on and off the ice. If you see him, if you saw him in interviews throughout the playoffs, both in USA and in Canada, he is a polished individual. He carries yeah. himself very well, so he still has some learning to do. But I think with the surrounding himself with the right veterans, I think he's going to be okay. Absolutely. So yeah, he's definitely very engaged. I'm talking about uh, Bedard. So yeah, he's definitely one of those. Uh, guys that could definitely be kind of like the face of your franchise. So I think, look, I'm sure that the Hawks going to, you know, make, we'll see what he does on the ice, but yeah, he definitely uh, is a good one there. So what else did I miss while I was uh, on? Uh, your yeah. quick thoughts about the Cubs, uh, Chicago Cubs joining, uh, they're the third major league baseball team next to the Yankees and the Red Sox, uh, direct to consumer service. It, the Crane Kenny, who was on the score over the weekend, said that uh, their service, uh, courtesy of Marquee Sports Network, uh, they're going to uh, release it to fans sometime after the All-Star break. Uh, director, uh, direct to consumer service. Yeah, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that, I think, because you know, like you said, people people need options. So mm -hmm. I think this is going to be interesting you know, to see if other teams start following suit. You want to have that. You, know, like you still got to deal with the core because you're still dealing with folks mm -hmm. who are probably are preferring to – Excuse we have stuff like Sling TV and YouTube TV and those types of things. So this is going to be interesting to see if other professional teams. We've seen it with you know, MLB. I know a couple other uh, NBA teams are now doing it. So mm -hmm. we'll see if other teams are following suit. And remember, with uh, with both the the Blackhawks, the White Sox, and the Bulls, with their new TV deals are up like next year after next year on uh, NBC mm -hmm. Sports Chicago. We'll be interested to see if they decide to do something like this. So. I'm sure a lot of teams will be looking at this. Yeah, and don't forget Jerry Reinsarf and his group is now the, uh, the full owners have full ownership of that sports uh, online sports channel um, stadium, which their yeah, studios yeah. are inside the United States. So will he use that as a tool to negotiating tool to negotiate against NBC Sports Chicago around this time next year? We'll soon find out, but we'll have a long way to go before we get to conclusion of that one. 
Absolutely. And it looks like we may have a team for hard knocks, according to Mike Florio. That's one of the reasons why I was gone for a second. Of course, according to Mike Florio, a source told him that uh, that it looks like the Jets will be, be the, uh, the hard knocks team this season. So, uh, again, we'll see if this will be official. But at least for right now, it looks like the Jets are going to be the team for hard knocks, even, even after Robert Sala said, uh, no, we're not interested. <laughs> so I guess the NFL is making them do it. <laughs> yeah, like like we said before, for the last couple of weeks, uh, with all those teams turn, turning the the, uh, the, net, well, the, end, the league down, someone in the adventure is going to have to do it. So we're going to see Aaron Rodgers singing Taylor Swift songs. Of course, we mentioned Robert Sala. He's going into his third year as head coach. You know as well as I do, if you don't win your third year, you'll be getting a Pink slip and link card. So mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of cameras on him as well. So uh, it should be interesting. It's going to be a lot of eyeballs uh, tuning to this one, especially because of Aaron Rodgers, first and foremost. Especially. So, uh, so yeah, let's go to Old School TV Monday, please. All right. Old School TV Monday as we uh, conclude June, which is Black Music Month. Lakina, as uh, the evolution of cable TV was taking place in the 80s into the 90s, especially musically, you had VH1. MTV, BET, and the fourth music channel was The Box, originally named the Video Jukebox Network. That's right. It was an American broadcast cable satellite television network that operated from 1985 to 2001. The network focused on music videos, which through a change in format in the early 90s were selected by viewer requests via telephone as such, unlike competing networks, like MTV and VH1, the videos were not broadcast on a set rotation. The network was distributed on cable and satellite providers with additional carriage on over-the-air UHF television stations, mainly on lower power outlets. Most of these stations related became affiliates of MTV2, following the shutdown of the box's U.S. operations, which had been sold off as of 2012, while Viacom remains ownership of the other remaining former box affiliates. The box's uh, UK operations remain on the air today, not fully owned by the London-based Channel 4 Television Corporation. Lakina, real quick, I know we're up against it, but I remember uh, watching those videos way back when. They had all genres of music from pop, rock, especially with R&B and hip-hop. They had various artists, especially black artists back then. I, we were we were both the same age here. We couldn't uh, dial that nine hundred number back then. <laughs> but you, 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 I would got in trouble. Trust me, I would got in trouble if I did back then. Remember, for our younger listeners and viewers, there was no social media, there was no internet, nope. there was no cell phones, no smartphones, and, and none of that uh, jazz. There was no texting nor sexting back then either. So you had to call the nine hundred number to request your videos. But I remember sneaking in a couple of times in the front room in my old mama's house. Uh, to watch the box. If, it, if the video wasn't shown at the time on MTV or BT, you always turn to the box and wait patiently for your video to play. Uh, those, those were great times back then. And the reason why I wanted to celebrate the box uh, TV network today, they broke a lot of videos, especially in the mm-hmm. game of hip hop back then. They were, they were eventually shown on MTV and BET. Well, it was actually because of that, because they were so popular on there that mm-hmm. you know that a lot of them didn't have a choice. You know, both BET and MTV didn't have a choice, but but to place some of those and and look, exactly. I remember, and I remember that that channel and like you said, I mean, it was one of those channels where it kind of like you know you, you could definitely say it was definitely it was kind of like like uh like I said iTunes before iTunes or yes you know some of the other various ones you know before yeah Napster Pandora yep yeah mm-hmm. Pandora Napster Spotify all those uh, mm-hmm. all those uh, folks and 
look, I mean, this is sort of like, you know, music television you control, if you remember that, uh, that yes. slogan there. You know, us 90s kids, I mean, look, you saw some of those videos definitely wore you out. <laughs> Whatever yeah. the genre. I mean, I think I remember the Spice Girls, you know, Wanna Be, I think that was played like about a hundred times. Yes. Uh, Mark Morris's uh, Return the Mac, I remember that. Yes. played a lot. And, uh, of course. Sir Mix-A-Lot, Baby Got Back. Yes, How do yes, you think that became yes. popular? Yeah, that, yeah, that was that was very Two Live Crew, especially Two Live Crew, you know, with Luke Campbell going through all those censorship issues at that time. You can always turn to the box and they'll, their videos were playing right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, some of those, uh, like I said, there were, like, there were many, 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 many um, uh, music uh, you know, channels and you know, TV uh, music videos that were definitely, definitely, you know, one of those, like I said, you, you saw, that's where you first saw them. Like, you first saw them on the box. You didn't see them on MTV or BET or VH1. You saw them on that particular channel and look mm -hmm. it was i mean look it was for every look i'm sure everybody did it you know they all you know called you know the ceo of their favorite channel you know the on your remote or on your or your phone or whatever like, this mm -hmm. was before texting folks remember like you like said said so it was definitely one of those channels where it kind of like it broke a lot of the mold i guess you know for a lot of music videos and such so before TRL, while Video Soul was very popular and some of the other uh, various mm -hmm. avenues and such, I mean, the box was was the the channel to watch back then. So, <laughs> from yes. 1985 to 2001, like you said, said, uh, you know, once once um, TRL, TRL and uh, you know, Rap City and those shows started becoming popular, that was kind of when the box sort of like, kind of like lost its edge. Yeah, I was sad when it turned into MTV too. <laughs> I was sad when it turned into MTV too. I was like, you can't go anywhere to go watch the videos whenever you want. You could, that that channel operated uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. If you didn't see your video right away, you could always get some rest, come back later, turn to see if your video play. Eventually, it'll play, but sometimes you had to wait a while. But your video would eventually get, had to get uh, would eventually get played if you didn't dial that 900 number, like yours truly. Like I said, if I, if I was a grown man back then, I would have dialed it so many times. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, there were so many songs that people wanted to see over and over and over again. I mean, there were times mm -hmm. when, you know, there were, I think, what, uh, I think, what, you know, Snow's Informer, that was another song that was very yes. wildly popular on that channel. Uh, what else? I'm sure, like, I'm sure there were, like, a, a bunch of other, I mean, no, I don't want to Outcast's first big hits, I think, was played on the box. Uh, mm -hmm. I, forgot, I forgot which one it was, but, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, every, every genre, pretty much, for the most part, was covered. I mean, they had a lot of the pop pop hits like i said spice girls that was that was one of the reasons why they became so popular was because of the box you know that they're, they're you know mm -hmm. like i said that's how wabi was played a lot in sync you know, one of their first songs was played a lot during that time backstreet boys yeah um, britney spears mandy moore christine aguilera yeah, yeah right before that network shut down yep yeah that was like right at the tail end of that so yeah i mean mm -hmm. but it started all, but it started all the way back in 1985 like i said for those look we didn't get cables like i said we didn't get cables around 1990 so when we saw that channel like wait a minute there's actually such a channel where you can you know, requ requests, if you will, of various your favorite music videos. Yeah, that's what you said. I can only imagine how how that was for a lot of people. So, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's gonna be like I said. I mean, it's too bad we don't have this kind of thing now. Of course, like I said, we, we have Spotify and Pandora and uh, iHeart and all those things. So, but yeah, the box definitely kind of set the tone, if you will. Like you said, you saw a lot, especially in the eighties, you saw a lot of hip hop because there was still some. For you know, still MTV still wouldn't, wouldn't play a lot of hip hop songs. VH1, mm -hmm. too. You know, BT to some extent actually wouldn't play a lot of hip hop songs either. So that's when a lot of those right. songs 
started, you know, coming. You know, a lot of those guys became household names. Like I know NWA. I think they were yes. big, other big, uh, you know, they're big, you know, shot over at uh, the box and such. You know, Big Daddy King, among others. Um, Houdini. I mean. You know, this mm-hmm. is gonna be, yeah. I mean, this is gonna be, yeah. I mean, look, this 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 channel definitely kind of you know paved the way for a lot of those artists from the eighties right up to like the late nineties. Yeah. So, like I said, it broke a lot of ground, especially in hip hop at the time, from the up and coming artists to the establishing artists. And so, uh, we like to salute for our old school TV Monday uh, in the closing of Black Music Month. Video Jukebox Network, aka the Box. Lakina uh-huh. closes out. Right, I feel like I'm, I'm getting songs stuck in my head right now. You can follow me at Keita McGee on the Twitter <laughs> and Akita Scrimmie on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. Don't forget to download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Don't forget to follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W A R R Media P O D C A S T S. We available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And please give War Media a follow on all social media platforms on, on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and everywhere else on all social media platforms at W A R R Media. All right. And thank you very much. <laughs> like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Sorry, I'm thinking about that network too, Lakina. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Let's okay, see, yeah. I'm going to see if I can find some old clips on it on YouTube here. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Of course, you can catch Sports on Chicago. Speaking of, you know, you know, like, share, and subscribe. You can catch Sports on Chicago anytime, anywhere you want on Roku TV. Of course, you know, whatever box you got, whatever device you have, you know, type in Sports on Chicago on your Roku uh, app, whatever that you what you have. You can catch our show, Sean and Maya, the Smoke Buzz. I know that I think Was Up Cuz is back tonight. So, you know, so just see what uh, what they've got coming up here. I'm sure they're going to be talking about NBA free agency as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, available on demand anytime, anywhere. Yes, and you know we will provide. <laughs> all right, all right. Have a great week, everybody. Enjoy all the baseball that's you know coming down the pike. Of course, if you're into the WBA and you know the soccer and everything else, you can check it out as well. But first, Sid, I'm the Kansas Music City Sports on Sports of Chicago. We'll see you Friday. Music that you control. Go Sox! Holla. <laughs> <laughs>